TYB On The Run with your host, Katie Halday. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Hi, TYB on the run. Okay, we are up to Luke 5. Now, again, these are big chapters, so I may not be able to get through the whole thing, but I'm going to do my best. So Luke 5, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid from now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. And he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal those who were ill. Some men were carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could find they, they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friends, friends, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew that what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So that, so he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting in his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. 
I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece of piece out of a new garment to patch on an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. Oh, my gosh, how amazing. I say this every time, TYB, on the run, don't don't I? How amazing. But I have to say I am so loving doing these gospel chapters with you. Now let's jump back to the beginning of chapter 5. Did you notice that this is the beginning of Jesus calling his disciples? Now if we can jump back into Luke 4, Luke 4 ended with this moment of Jesus. It says in Luke 4.42, at daybreak Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him and when they came to him to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom on into other towns also because that is why I've been sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. We had this kind of summary moment in Luke 4, at the end of Luke 4, where we kind of see Jesus going into these solitary places. And did you notice that in, in Luke 5, guys? It's constantly this ministry crowds and healing, and then he re- goes to a solitary place. Can I say the busier that you get in ministry, and ministry isn't just preaching, teaching, our life is a ministry. The busier that you get in life, the more important is that solitary time away with Jesus. Why? Because that is where your identity is established. That is where you're having these beautiful mentoring moments with Jesus. Now, as I read my Bible, Jesus mentors me through my Bible, but I also have times where I'm just sitting down with him and me and having a chat. They are my times where I get the most visions, the most what I'm meant to do, those beautiful solitary moments. Now, Jesus himself had to do this. So if Jesus had to do it, again, it's pretty good for us to do it. So we then begin in chapter 5. After he's had this solitary moment with God where he's kind of downloading everything and not hearing from the crowds but hearing from the Father, he then chooses the disciples and he does this amazing miracle. Now, did you notice it says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, And then if you have a look in your reference, which you won't be able to because your Bible's not in front of you, but when you have your Bible in front of you, it actually says Sea of Galilee which is quite amazing. Why did Luke choose to use that language? He didn't say the Sea of Galilee. He said Lake of Genesaret. Again, Gentile audience, he's using Gentile language. Okay, so it's going to be Caesar dated. It's going to have the Gentile names of the areas. So you've got to go down and have a look at where you're at. The people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. Oh my gosh, imagine actually just sitting at the feet of Jesus, getting their te- getting teachers straight from Jesus. Oh, I can't wait until we get to do that in heaven. <laughs> He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. This is the funniest moment. Now, guys, TYB, don't just kind of read this and go, oh, yes, of course. This strange teacher decides to take one of the boats. And you can kind of imagine these fishermen who aren't part of the crowd that are sitting down. They're working. It says here, he saw at the water's edge left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. So Simon's in the boat. He's like, hey, could you kind of take me out there? 
Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat, which was such a great idea. But there's more to this. As you're reading the Bible, you're reading, especially the Gospels, notice what Jesus did because there's there's purpose in his madness almost. And he's not mad. It's just there's purpose in these beautiful points of what he's doing. Why is he in the boat? Is it because of the crowd? Is it because who owns that boat? When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let the nets for a catch. This is the most amazing moment where he can imagine Simon going, uh, I'm the fisherman. You're just a, a rabbi at this stage. I don't really know who you are. And now you're telling me? Sometimes Jesus is going to tell you things that you think you already know. And Simon's being challenged at this point. He's like, do I actually take this guy's advice? And I love his reaction. Simon answered, master, beautiful. I love that master. So he recognizes his authority. We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But, oh, I love that. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. Simon has this moment where he's like, master, I recognize there's something in you. I've worked all night and this, and I'm a fisherman by trade and I've got this company of fishing boats and I don't really understand what you're telling me, but because you say so. Some of us and at times in our lives, TYB, we need to do things that do not work in our natural mind. Even there's things that I do and I'm like, this doesn't seem right to my knowledge, to my wisdom, to my business understanding. Everything about this doesn't seem right. And this is what Simon's doing. Everything about it doesn't seem right. But because Jesus said so, I love this moment in this Luke 5. Okay, so how does it go out? When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. This is so rare for this amount of fish to be at this point at this time. That's why they fished at night. Um, So they signaled to their partners in the boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. Jesus knows better than even the fishermen here. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and, and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. It's this beautiful moment of not just an obedient heart. Simon Peter had an obedient heart. He recognized and he's like, you know, I don't understand what you're saying, but just because you said so, I'll do it. But not just an obedient heart, a repentant heart. He realized that he was a sinful man. He realized that, that, that he needed a savior at this point. And it's so beautiful for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were, we get introduced. I love, it's kind of like in the movie where you're getting introduced to the main characters and all of a sudden you're like, who are you? And, and I love this moment in, in this Luke 5 where we're introduced to Simon Peter. We're introduced to this first encounter with Jesus. Then we're introduced to, so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. So I know that the 12 disciples were made up of these guys, James, John, and Simon Peter. These disciples that Luke says are the first ones to to come to Christ and to follow Christ, um, these three become Jesus' best mates. These three are the inner circle of Jesus. And it's so cool that these be- we get to find out how it all began. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. Now, guys, in Luke, leaving everything and follow him is going to be a repeated te- term. What you do in Luke is you have a look at Jesus and when he witnesses, there's there's a reaction there. The reaction is either pride, Pharisees, and they, they question it, or the reaction is they believe, they repent, 
They leave everything and follow him. So as you're reading, as you're going through this, what you're looking for is these encounters and not just the encounter, not just the miracle. What you're looking for is how do they react to that? Because that's the key in Luke. How are these people reacting to the Messiah standing in front of them? How are they reacting to the Son of God standing in front of them? It's not about the miracle and the signs and wonders that Jesus does in our day. It's about the reaction to that. And that is what Jesus is going after, the repentant heart, the obedient heart that will follow him from that point on. So that's what we've got to look out for, okay? So while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. Now, I got really teary when I was reading this because this story actually makes me really quite sad because I'm aware that if you're covered with leprosy, you are completely ostracized from, from your family, everybody. I know that in Leviticus it says because of Leviticus, Leviticus is a book that shows and teaches the people of God and the Israelites about cleanliness. Now, as soon as a disease like skin disease like leprosy was shown or shown on it to come on someone's skin, they were sent out of the camp. It was a bit like, unfortunately, a COVID moment. They were, they were sent out of the camp. Now, they didn't have big suits and masks that they could put on at that point. So they sent them out. So you, once you got that dot on your skin and once the priest said that's leprosy and once the priest declared that you were out, no more family, no more community, no more interaction with humans, no more. You were separated from the community. So while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered in leprosy. This is a outcast, and we know Luke's focusing on outcasts, but this is the ultimate outcast. This is a man who has not probably had personal contact or, or people treating, I mean, they would come into the towns to steal food because they needed they needed to be provided for. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. I love this. Sorry, it's making me teary, TYB. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Can you hear him? He recognizes who he is kneeling before. He recognizes that if, if it's Christ's will, he can make him clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Oh, my goodness, TYB, do not go beyond Read it. He touched him. That is crazy. Why would you touch a man with leprosy? Oh, my gosh. This is probably the first touch that this man has had in an awful long time. It's making me cry. I'm really sorry. He reached out and he didn't just say the words. The first thing that Jesus did was he met that man's need. And that man probably has been so ostracized. He hasn't been touched for an awful long time because you don't touch people with leprosy. <laughs> and it says here, he reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. As you read this, guys, do not overlook this miracle for the man who had the miracle. I don't know about you, but I hear some people, and when you actually have been healed of something, you are passionate about everybody getting this moment because Jesus has not just healed this man of a skin disease. He has actually healed this man of being ostracized from the community. This man can now go back to his family. This man can now sit and have a coffee, if they had coffee back then. He can sit in his community now. He is not just restored in bodily form. He is restored in emotion, spiritual. He is restored to the community of God, and that is what happens when people get saved in our in our churches. They're not just restored in their emotions. They're not just restored in their health. They're not just restored in physical form. They are restored to the Father and they are restored to community. 
And this is what this is all about. Then Jesus ordered him, this is amazing, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. It's quite amazing that Jesus actually tells him to go back and fulfill the Old Testament law, which at this point in Jesus' ministry, you're kind of like, how is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Wouldn't he just say, look, there's a new thing coming, go. Um, But he actually says, hey, to get you back into your community, I recognize that the only way back in for you is for the priest to assign to see you and for the priest to see that you are healed and declare you clean. So he actually says, go and do that so that you can be completely restored to the community. I love it. Wisdom in miracles. So good. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke again and again through this text speaks of Jesus going to lonely places and praying. The source of everything that he is doing in in um, the miracles, signs and wonders was that time of prayer. Guys, if you are not getting that time of prayer, if you are not going to lonely places, and I know as mums, as business people, lonely places and times, especially in isolation, it's really hard to get away from your family when you can't go out. But please just spend those times just you and God and pray because that is where you get your strength and that is where you get your your um your your strength to keep going. Okay, let's keep going. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees. Can you see how you've got these two things? Can you see how we've got the Pharisees coming against Jesus and the outsiders, those with leprosy, those sinners, those outsiders both coming to Jesus and their response is completely different. This response here, Pharisees arguing, this legalistic heart. And sometimes, you know, guys, we can come to Jesus and have this legalistic heart, the proud, I know what I'm talking about. But these beautiful outcasts, these beautiful sinners, these beautiful tax collectors, as soon as they see Jesus, their reaction is completely opposite to the Pharisees. And that's what Luke's doing. He's saying, look, there's two ways you can go here. You can be a Pharisee or you can be an outcast. And I love the fact that I'm an outcast because when Jesus came to me, I was so grateful. So one day Jesus was teaching the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. So again, Pharisees and teachers of the law, they are the guys that keep the law Um, make sure, maintain the law in the community. They make sure the community is following the law. So they're kind of like the police law people. They're going to step in if somebody does something against the holiness code. They're going to step in if somebody does something against, against their regulation. So they're kind of like the Jewish police, let's say. They'd come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal those who were ill. So Jesus is doing great things. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man. Now we've got this incredible story where this paralyzed man is, you know, the story was, we read it was um, broken down. They couldn't get him in. So they went to the roof and got him down. And I love this. He says, your sins are forgiven. Another thing in Luke guys is forgiveness, repentance. Okay. So you're going to hear that throughout this text. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins, but God alone? It's so amazing to me that these Pharisees, knowing all of God, knowing the law, knowing, knowing, knowing the scripture, but they don't know God. We can know the scripture, and I'm, I want you to read your Bible, but if you know this as knowledge and you don't know God, then this knowledge is useless. Your knowledge of the word of God is so that you can know your God. And the Pharisees in Jesus' day, they knew of God, 
They didn't know God. When he was standing in front of them, he didn't recognize them. They didn't recognize that that was him. They even say and correct him. And it's so funny. Only God alone can do this. And Jesus at this point doesn't say, I am God. He just kind of lets them go in their hypocrisy. Jesus knew what they were thinking. Why are you thinking this? Again, I love this. They're thinking. The Pharisee in Luke 7, we're going to get there. He never actually says anything against the sinful woman. He thinks it and Jesus picks up on his thoughts. Here, they never actually um, say it. They're just thinking it and he picks it up. It's so incredible. Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sin. So he corrects them in their teaching. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, um, take your mat and go. Immediately stood up in front of them and everyone was praising God. Oh, I love this. Now, next, we've got this beautiful moment where Matthew is called. And I'm just going to do this in a couple of minutes, guys, because I know my time is running out. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector. Again, like the man with leprosy, tax collectors were traitors to the to the Jews because they got Roman taxes from the Jews. By the name of Levi sitting in his tax booth. Again, Jesus is going to give him an ultimatum. He's going to stand before Jesus and he has two choices. Is he a Pharisee or is he, is he an outcast? <laughs> Follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Same as Peter. These disciples' criteria were that when they saw Jesus, they left everything and followed him. That's a disciple of Christ. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Oh my gosh. Again, I'm saying it again, guys. I've so loved studying Luke 5 with you. This is our Jesus. It was all about going beyond those who had knowledge of God, but didn't know God because he knew those who had knowledge of God, the Pharisees were never going to repent. Their heart and their their arrogance, they were never going to repent. And these beautiful moments where he goes after those who he knows needs him, the man with the leprosy, Matthew, the tax collector, let us be always, no matter what's happening, have our heart of repentance and obedience to Christ. And those be- you know how you get those beautiful times of repentance and obedience? Because you know God, not just have knowledge of God, and you are spending time in prayer with him. I know him because I spend time with him. Just like a friend, I know my friend when I spend time with them. So today, as you've read Luke 5, Turn this off and just go and have a five-minute prayer time talking to Jesus. Get to know him so that you, as you're reading this text, you fall in love with him afresh. So I hope you've loved studying Luke 5.